What's up, guys? Hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna need y'all to have more energy. We're on schedule. Because what's up? We back. It's another week. What's up? We on schedule type shit. <laughs> so y'all can't talk. I keep thinking today is Monday. So when you send the text like something about this evening, I'm like, wait, it's Monday. I thought we said Tuesday. And you're like, oh. I'm like, oh, no, it is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It does feel like a Monday. Especially because I work on Tuesdays at the office and I didn't go to the office today because I wasn't feeling good. So, Sikiana. How was everybody's holiday? Oh, it's cool. I spent my Labor Day in the bed, sick as fuck. And yeah. I didn't get to do anything. Nobody nobody had a cookout. I thought somebody else was having a cookout. I, I just, I told you, I planned one like weeks. We were supposed to plan one weeks ago what? and I just didn't think about Something it. Something happened already? No, everything's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> everything's fine. Everything is perfectly fine. We were going to do a cookout, but I was like, you know, I'd rather just stay in the house. Mm. And so that's what I did. How cute. Mm. <laughs> I went to a house warming. Shout out to Manny G. But So that was kind of like a cookout. But I, sh- I should have thrown one, but I just didn't think about it. I just, by the time the day came, I was like, oops. And it was nice weather. But I didn't want to last minute be like, I would have hey, been able to go anyway. So yeah, it was, was, it was last minute. Oh, yeah. And you were laid oh, out. I was fucked up. So I just, it's fine next time. Yep. I sat in the house and watched um, clickbait. Clickbait was really good. It was that? really good. It's yeah. a show on Netflix. I was going to watch it twice. It's a show or like? It's a, like a limited series. It's eight episodes. Are they going to make more? Short, I don't know, but nah. I don't think so. They covered the whole story in those eight episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's really good. It's good. So the storyline is this guy pops up on the internet holding a sign saying that I abused women. I killed a woman. Um, five million views and... Um, I'll be dead. So, of course, it starts blowing up, going viral, going viral. And this man is married with two kids, so they're trying to figure out who has him, you know, what's going on. Is this a true story? No. Uh, Did he really do these things that they said that he did? It's crazy. Shit was crazy. And, like, the fucking ending... It was wow. wow. I never expected that. At I literally all. sent my homegirl a text and I was like, I expected everybody other than who it was. Yeah. I said, here was my thoughts. I said, P and Nick had an incest thing going on and she did it. Okay, Emma did it. Then I said, Not an incest. <laughs> then I said, He faked his death to keep cheating. Then I said, Simon did it. <laughs> then I said, Okay. They really convinced me that it was a friend. But how did this shit get on his computer? Did the lady put it on there? Obviously. And then I said, Okay, he has a twin he doesn't know about. <laughs> like, I literally, everything other than. <laughs> this sounds very similar to that. And then I'm like, Okay, show. Matt did it. Mm. It's, it'll have you on your heels like that. Okay. I'm I'll assuming watch it. she did it to try to throw the police off if it ever mm. got back to her. Mm-hmm. But it was crazy. I'll watch it. I'm like, this is why watch old it. people don't need to be on the internet. I've been watching <sighs> Breaking the most. Um, the most. Breaking Bad so, for a while. None of those was him at all. Because it seemed like no. he had messages from the girl on his phone. Uh-uh. It was all from um it all was from those dating sites. There was nothing in his phone. So he never cheated on Sophia. Because I thought, okay, remember when he was setting up his computer and his phone ding, pinged? I thought it had a message from, I don't know, I'm going to have to go back and watch, watch it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He never cheated on his wife. All of that stuff was stuff that she was doing. She was creating those profiles and 
Yeah. And she only knew those like details about his family and the affair and all of that. That's how he knew because, it was her. Right. The husband said, fuck that. I ain't going to jail. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Gotta watch it. It's really well. Um, That's crazy. I don't know any other good shows. Right I've been watching Breaking Bad for a while with Dion. It's actually really good. I and it'd be it. it'd be making me anxious and nervous. And the guy on there, I swear to God, he reminds me of my dad, the main character. Like how smart he is and like chemistry and stuff reminds me how smart my dad is with like his Greek and Latin and stuff. And he like their mannerisms are the same. My dad is bald, like <laughs> literally reminds me of him. And I'm like, I'm gonna watch the show forever when he passes in twenty years. I'm gonna be like, that's me, dad. <laughs> um, but it's a good show. It's confusing right now and it's keeping me on my toes which i like i don't like predictable shit if i can predict a movie's ending or a show's ending i'm not i'm not interested but i like big twists where you're like oh i tried to watch it i couldn't get into it are y'all we're in like season four about to start five see i think i stopped at after three yeah we're about to start five whatever episode i seen it was like these two meth heads it was a woman and a guy and she ended up like Throwing the ATM on Yeah, the ATM head. fell on Buddy's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, this ain't for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Like, I am watching the new season of Money Heist. I'm waiting for Blood and Water to come back on. And I've also been watching Chicago Mid. It's really good. Oh, mm-hmm. I probably would like that because like Grey's a, Anatomy. Yeah, I love Grey's. It's like me a bootleg Grey's, but it's really good. Yeah, I've been, um, I'm waiting on Outlander to come back. And I thought I was waiting on Grey's Anatomy, but I'm, but I'm pretty sure they're updating episodes because mm-hmm. there's like three I haven't seen. Yeah. So I'm going to watch those. But um, I really want them to end after this season. Like, I think they will because, Grey's Anatomy? yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been like 17 years. But I've I think been they will. wondering how they're going to get Meredith off because she doesn't want to be on the show anymore. I know. I mean, she might die. I don't know. Don't tell me not because I, I watched say, the did most they kill recent her? ones. Because they killed off all of the original main characters, right? So Except have you watched season. 17 at all? No, okay. I've seen the last part I saw, she still was talking to Derek on the beach. Okay, yeah. Because she had die? COVID. Right. Yes. She okay. was, she was like, Who her was mind wanted to die, but like her body, something was keeping her alive at the same time. So oh. I thought that's how they were going to kill her off. But yeah, I haven't seen if she makes it or not. But yeah. I just, I didn't know they were updating it, but I'm she, waiting on. Um, she's going to die from COVID? I don't know. She probably knows, but I don't know. I haven't oh. seen it yet. But Yeah, I'm up to date. So um, there's like three episodes I haven't seen. And the last one I saw was, I'm pretty sure she was still like talking to they him. They drugged that beach. shit out. I think they I know. And it's because lines. like I, like you said, though, I think they were deciding how to get her off of it because mm-hmm. they drug it out for so long. Yeah. Um, but, but I've been- This is 17 seasons. It's time to let it go. I know. Just, not I that know it's not. I it's feel. still a good show, but- right. Shout they out to Shonda Rhimes. Right. She ain't they no hoe. They had a good run. She is not no hoe. Um, but I'm wait- I was waiting on that, and then I'm waiting on Outlander. Outlander's fucking amazing, and I only have an appreciation for it because I love history because my dad's a history teacher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. It's like this woman from 1950 that gets thrown back into 1750 on her honeymoon in Scotland. She's from, I think they're from Europe, but they went to Scotland and she gets thrown back into 1750 and has to learn how to navigate life because women aren't allowed to talk back. They can't have opinions. As soon as she drops down, she almost gets raped. Um, Cause that's just what they would do. Rape women and keep walking. Um, if she t- talks about the future at all or knowing what's happening, they think she's a witch. A witch. So they're going to try to kill her. Yeah. Like it's, it's a really good, really good show. And she's a nurse 
and knows a lot of shit that she's not supposed to know. Like, oh, there's already a cure for that. Here's how you do it because I'm a scientist and a nurse. And they're like, how do you know that? So I've been waiting for that to come on because, sorry if I'm spoiling it, but she ended up pregnant in 1750. Eventually she jumps back to 1950. It don't make no sense. How the fuck did you get pregnant? You've been gone for years. No Tracy you type shit. And then she goes back to 1750. Like, after the kid is born and grown. It's a lot, but it's really fucking good. But... They released a teaser for Insecure, the final season. I cried. I just don't know if I can get into that. I don't want to see the teaser. It's just Issa. And she's just like, wow, Issa, you were so simple back then. And she's just talking about like how she wants her life to be. And then I wonder if her and Molly going to get back on. Mirror bitch pops up, <laughs> too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I cry. And other TV news... Um, Thoughts and prayers are with Nene leaks from the Real Housewives oh, yeah. of Atlanta. Her husband Greg, who I love with my whole heart, passed away from colon cancer. I did see um, that over the last week. So yeah, thoughts and prayers are with her. And then also Michael K. Williams, um, the actor from The Wire, mm. passed away yesterday. I saw that. Um, Really, really sad. Like, he's 54. 50, yeah, yeah, like 55. They said that he was found in his apartment. Um, did they say what happened? Not officially. They did say that there was drugs in the mm. house. So Okay, somebody else, I think they may have been famous too, passed away from drugs. I just don't remember the name or who it was. Yeah, really, really sad. Um, amazing actor. It's so crazy because they just he just did a monologue on the BET Hip Hop Awards for DMX. Um, or maybe it was the BET Awards, not the Hip Hop Awards, the awards a couple of months ago. And then if you guys are familiar with Lovecraft Country, he was in that, did amazing in that. But he's a great actor. So thoughts and prayers are with his family as well. Uh, ladies, we got any shout outs this week? God. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny. Shout out to God for just being present and being there and, and reminding me that he is there even when I'm like in my own freaking world. Mm. Cause you just be living life and God's like, Ooh, gotcha. Still here. Still around. Still love you. Mm. So that's shout out to God because it's been a rough few weeks. So that's my dog. <laughs> I do have a shout out this week. Um, shout out to, my very, very best friend in the world, Ashley. She is graduating this week. Yay! Um, Congratulations. In business marketing. Um, yes, I'm excited for her. I'm proud of her. Um, yeah. Go, girl. <laughs> um, just shout out to all y'all. My parents. They're so cute. Um... That's it. Just shout out to my people. Fokianas. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yana everything. Yes. I feel like I'm going to have a shout out late. I'm going to remember it later. Right. And be like, oh, yeah. my bad. Um, yeah. That's all. That's it. That's it. That's all. See you guys in two weeks. So I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm kidding. She was acting like she was in the show. Oh! <laughs> completely... What's in two weeks? Um, don't forget to follow us on our social media. Our Instagram is Take Control Podcast. Our Twitter is 
Take Control Pod. Mm-hmm. Our Facebook group is Take Control Podcast. And you can email us at takecontrolpodcast at gmail.com. Again, this week, I'm going to ask, send us some emails, send us some texts, DM yes. us, give us some ideas, tell us y'all's business so we can make a topic out of it. And we we won't use your name. Right. Um, and I also want to bring back the listener questions. Yeah, I know. That was so... And do you remember our rants we used to have? <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody said we need to bring that back. Then let's bring them back. Turbo. <laughs> now yeah. they just be on my close friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Bring them back. Yo, you know what I found out? You know how we wanted to have the hair conversation with the stylist and the clients? So I didn't know that you have to have an actual um, license to wash hair. Yeah. So when you get, when people mm-hmm. charge you extra, if your hair is not washed, it's usually because they don't have their license. And like you can give them permission to wash your hair, but they're not like it's, licensed. Yeah, legally. To do Why it would they not have a license to wash hair? Well, because sometimes so I work at a salon, so I kind of know how this works. Sometimes you have like, a salon assistant like oftentimes you'll have interns or salon assistants that like aren't in school or mm-hmm. i'm sorry they're in school if they're like an intern and then they're like an assistant so an assistant would not be allowed to an intern can because they have like rights mm-hmm. but like i'm not i'm not supposed to be allowed to wash hair like i shouldn't be um and we'll have like a lot of assistants and receptionists that come in and kind of salon assist and they're not supposed to and they're not allowed like if state board walked in and saw that and was like Where's your license to do that? Like, mm-hmm. they could yeah, find they could your salon control. or shut it down. Yeah. She was telling me, like, <clears throat> a lot of girls who braid or, mm-hmm. like, do sew-ins or wigs and things like that, they're not licensed to wash hair. So, that's why they... So, how are they allowed to do hair? You don't have to have a license to do sew-ins. Any, uh-huh. You have to have a license to do anything that's involving chemicals. Right. So, like, Some washing colors, hair, dyeing, lightning. cutting hair. You have to have a license oh. to do that. But like sew-ins, wigs, braids, you don't have to have a license. So a lot of times they're like, well, if your hair is not washed, I'm going to charge you an extra $60. Yeah. Or whatever. I was like, wow. But people that be coloring still want you to come with your hair washed. I mean. I was, yeah, that depends. Yeah. Because there's been a myth and my dumbass used to think it was real. They're like, don't wash your hair two days before you get your hair appointment. The color will stick longer. That's not fucking true. And I used to do that like thinking like, oh make it dirty and then i heard that you're supposed to wash it beforehand but it literally doesn't make a difference like you can apply color over hairspray mm-hmm. it doesn't make a difference because it'll take but i don't know there's a bunch of myths and it's like that field is it's just a bunch of you know misinformation or too much information yeah. too little information That's why i want to so. have the conversation just because it's a yeah. big thing like Every time I turn around, there's somebody complaining about what a client did. There's somebody complaining about what a stylist did, a lash tech did. Like, it's such a big topic. Yeah. Girl, I'm, I'm just, them clients be tripping. I'll tell you that much. Shout out to my um, nail girl, Ashea. Her Instagram is birthday nails. Um, yeah, go check my girl out. She's taking a mental health break, but once she's back. Love it. Mm-hmm. Check her out. Did y'all see, was it? Texas, one of them states, um, are allowing children six days per year for mental health. Love it. Days. No, I didn't. It love may it. not be Texas because Texas also just passed the abortion bill. So I could be what the fuck, wrong. bro. But there's a state Job to implement that. Yeah, there's a state that just passed the law where students can take up to six days per year for mental health. That's cute. Super dope. All right, speaking of... <laughs> both of our eyes went... Oh. Because the light went off. We both was like... Listen, I refuse to fix anything in here. I paid too Why much money. You? I'm calling yeah, maintenance. Fuck. 
Period. I'm not picking no. <laughs> That's going to be me. Um. Hello, I called my maintenance for Can fucking you, uh, everything. Can you grab the remote for me and turn it to you? I get everything, bro. Like, um, there's an, a rock out here that wasn't here before. Can somebody come remove that one that worked? Thanks. No, for real. Fuck. Okay, so September is um, National Mental Health Awareness Month, guys. So, you know, we're big <clears throat> on mental health here at Take Control. So, I want to share an Instagram post. Um, maybe we can also post it to our story. But it says September is national. I'm sorry. Messed that all up. September is suicide prevention month. Goes oh, hand yeah. in hand. <laughs> Mental health month is May. Okay. Dare y'all be knowing. <laughs> um, suicide prevention month. And it, the caption says, don't stay quiet. People are dying in silence every day. Um, it goes further on to say suicide is not a topic that should be swept under the rug. There are thousands of people dying in silence every day. This is not okay. And we have the capability to change it. Speak up and reach out. Suicide doesn't need to be clouded with shame, nor does it need to be a taboo topic. I challenge you to really check in with your friends and family. Suicide ideation doesn't have a certain look. The signs aren't always there or obvious. Sometimes you need to be straight up and help someone before it's too late. So, yes, check on your people, check on mm -hmm. your friends, make sure that they're okay. Um, like the post said, just a simple phone call sometimes is enough just to say, hey, are you all right or do you need anything? I was going to say, speaking of that, I actually do have two shout outs. Um, one is to... Um, my friend Fee, the other ones to Maya, because within 30 minutes of each other out of nowhere, I get FaceTimes back to back just saying like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. I just want to make sure you're OK. And I was like, thank you. Like, I really appreciate that because people don't typically do that because you'll see somebody post on the Internet and you're like, oh, it's technically like we're in communication. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to Maya earlier that day and she still called and was like, I just haven't heard from you. I just want to make sure you're fine. And it was weird. And I thought the two had talked. And they hadn't because then Maya called me and I was like, did you talk to Fee? Because she just called me 30 minutes ago. And they almost said like the statements verbatim, like, oh, I haven't heard from you while. Are you OK? I haven't heard from you while. Are you OK? And last time I went through this, um, something like this, I remember telling everybody like, no, I'm not OK. And I lost a lot of friends when I was going through a depression because they took it personal. Like, mm -hmm. oh, she's just been distant. That mm -hmm. means she's mad at me. Or she's wrapped up in her own life like a selfish person. And I was going through a lot with my grandma at that time, like about mm -hmm. to die from COVID. So now, since then, I've realized that I have depressive episodes. And they only get concerning if they last like longer than like a week. And my therapist is like, make sure it's not like, you know, extended period of time. But I had been going through a lot because, which I'll get into later, a lot of losses, a lot of... Um, grieving and stuff like that has been like wrapped around me I'm overwhelmed with school and work and stuff and stepping up at work so it just put me in like a lower spot and I didn't realize that I was disconnecting from people again until both of them called me so I appreciated the phone calls of like are you okay and I'm like I'm tired of lying to people no I'm not but yeah. I will be yeah so that's a real thing call and check on your people if you notice like there's a difference between taking distance because you got to get your shit together mm -hmm. or taking distance because you're dealing with something. Mm -hmm. yeah. So See, regardless, check. Yeah. Just unintentionally. Regardless, check on people, especially if you, ha if you know you have those friends that, you know, struggle with mental health. Check in. Is it, are you taking a break because you just want to step away from everything or are you dealing with something? So. Yeah. 
So I do actually have the shout out. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Gahanna Nutrition. Oh, that's because my spot. those teas mm-hmm. give me all the energy. Yes, that's my all spot. the energy, and they're so good. Mm-hmm. I have to try it. Yeah, it's, I always see like Whitehall Nutrition. Yeah, I've been trying. They're all. I've really been trying good. to find other locations, but there's. I know there's one on High Street, like campus area. There's like she said, Whitehall. There's Gahanna. Broad Street has one. Yep, there's one on the east side. I'm pretty sure there's one in the Westerville area. Um, and then I know a girl that's opening one. Um, but yeah, I go to the Gahanna one a lot. So are these different owners? Different owners, same product line, but the teas are a little bit different because there's two spots in Gahanna. Gahanna Nutrition is like my go-to now, but before them it was Healthy Day Mm -hmm. and they have like three options. And I'm like, they give you like the same three teas and if you don't want it, you just suffer. But Gahanna Nutrition, like they change their menu every week and their tea options are like Oh, out of this fucking they're world. In their biggest fuck. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> girl. Yeah. They good. Yeah. And I'm pretty Try sure it's em. black owned. Pretty oh. sure it's black owned. Mm-hmm. I thought Whitehall Nutrition was. It is. Okay. Yeah, I need a reason to get out of the house. I've been trying to find reasons like throughout the workday to like leave. You're close enough like, to it. Just go walk or something. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty, mm-hmm. yeah, it's probably too The shakes are good me. too, but I'm not a shakes person. Oh, but God, I love them both. They're good. Mm. I get those like once once a week minimum at work. Are they all supposed to be like energy boosters? You can put so, that in there. The tea is automatically an energy booster, but you can add stuff like probiotics. Yeah, probiotics, um, immune support, collagen. Yeah, stuff like that. And the tea the um shakes are like meal replacements. Yeah, so they're already pre yeah. like pre mm-hmm. done. They're really good though. So dope. Get into it. Yeah. Get into it, yup. So in other news, um, Certified Lover Boy dropped this week. Still have not listened to it. I listened to it, but it was like in parts, like throughout the day. Yeah, bits and pieces. Um, I didn't love it. uh, So I need to sit with it again. I think Mm -hmm. there was like maybe two or three songs that I was like, okay. I love the beats. Um, The production was really good. I, I just need to sit with it again. Like sit with it straight through. I think I heard, like, I think I've been hearing quotes from the songs or seeing them on (laughs) Dario, your face, or seeing them on TikTok, but I haven't listened to it. (laughs) Now, I will say, I'm probably not the best person to ask because I compare every album since Take Care to 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 Take Care. And that's, I think, where I mess up at because Take Care was just great amazing listen as a certified drake lover yes (laughs) it's not my favorite album really it's not and i i still want to listen to it more because i'm just one of those people i have to continue to listen to something what makes attracts me to loving an album is the actual the words like i Mm. read the words like i take music very serious i have to read the words and all that it's not my favorite there are some hits like brandy said i love the beats it's Mm. all right it's cool yeah Maybe I'll take a whack at it. I mean, I don't. I never have disliked him as an artist. I always thought he was a dope artist and good. Yeah. I just, I'm noticing with music, I'm not a big. I don't jump into a lot of modern music unless it's a popular song, and I'm like, yeah. oh, this is dope. And then maybe it'll draw me to an album, um, or if I hear multiple songs on that album, I'm like, oh, this must be good. Like Jasmine Sullivan's album, when she dropped hers, I heard like four songs. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is going to be good. So I'm going to listen to all of it. But yeah. I'm not a big album person. I don't watch music videos. 
I don't really I mean, care. Don't the only artist I really follow is um, Jacquees whenever he puts stuff out, but he's been kind of on a back burner lately. But Or Kaleem Taylor. Shout out to him. Nobody knows about him. Kaleem Taylor. Uh, this is a black man in London. Beautiful music. He's got like a Giveon, Brent, Fayaz, whatever the fuck oh, his name is, vibe. He's love great. Them. Yes. Kaleem Taylor is my shit. have still been listening to her new album. Me too. It's so good. And Snow Allegra's album is so good. I, I have to. I also didn't listen to her album straight through. And I feel like what I heard, I didn't love. I compared it to the Louse album. But I also had to sit with her. Because initially when I listened to Back of My Mind, I didn't love it. But what? now I play it every day. I play it every I day. Love it. So I need to <laughs> be less distracted Sorry. and listen all the way yeah, through. Yeah, I love Snow. My kids are like, where's Hardy listening to Snow Allegra? I'm like, well... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I be on my R&B shit I don't be doing all that rah rah music all the time I haven't mm-hmm. heard of either one of them dropping an album I just must be get it together I know you it's know what's vibe. sad I had to follow Shade Room and Baller Alert like two years ago a year ago to keep up on like shit <laughs> yeah because I just I don't scroll through my timeline I well, look that's at stories why and that's it I was just like <gasps> Because they just posted something and it yeah. threw me off. Yeah. And I don't follow a lot of <laughs> celebrities. I don't follow a lot of artists. And I literally, I stopped scrolling through my feed probably a year and a half to two years ago. That's I literally smart. look at stories and we'll look at like two photos and it's like from two days ago. And I'm like, I'm not interested. Yeah. My therapist, I'm supposed to be taking a break from scrolling. Yeah. So. Yeah. I do it. Like I try to. I do it at night when I'm ready to go to sleep. It helps yeah. me fall asleep. And then I try not to do it the first thing in the morning. Right. Pray before like you yeah. pray, call my mama. <laughs> right. Something. Check in on somebody. Yeah. Meditate some shit. <laughs> yeah. I just, I had lost interest because I was going through a hard time two years ago and I didn't want to be on social media. Um, but I wasn't going to get rid of them or like take a break. So I just got to a point where I just watched stories. And yeah. that's pretty much all I do now. So, side note, this is like, celebrity drama <laughs> is that why your mouth dropped yes they are showing diddy in um joey shavitz you know oh, what i'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. what's future the name and baby mom. In, uh, that's what Miami. i said they kissing they on a yacht they hugged up all that Ooh. that's what i said i wanted him to date young miami and i wanted her to take him up top for she everything <laughs> She don't give me his type vibe. No, but I like it. I liked it. The little pictures that it we did It was cute. See, the pictures were it. cute. I was like, yep, girl, get him for everything he got. And I thought about Lynn because, you know, she loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Lynn. <gasps> Never mind. Let's go. She's a, <laughs> I keep oh thinking of God. stuff that I have to tell you guys. She's oh, a, my gosh. I'm weak. Honestly, we need to start doing like. Some type of check-ins yeah. because we can do FaceTime. I just have so maybe much like on stuff. the off weeks when we're not recording, we need yeah, to like just do, do like a yeah. little face. Ooh, I remind like me to tell y'all because I have a bad memory. Okay, <laughs> me too. So good luck. Okay. <laughs> okay, so moving on, friendship green flags. Um, this is another Instagram post, and it says five friendship relationship green flags. The first one, it's a green flag when someone asks you. If you have emotional capacity to listen before venting. Second one. It's a green flag when someone su- when someone is supportive of your success rather than threatened by it. The next one. It's a green flag when someone is happy rather than jealous you have other friends. Fair. <laughs> it's a green flag when someone respects your boundaries instead of trampling over them. 
And the last one says, it's a green flag when someone communicates their thoughts and feelings rather than expecting you to read their minds. That's a good one. Yes, sir. So, do you guys agree? I do. Um, My friend Santana and I actually do the first one a lot. Like, if we're about to vent or, like, unload on one another, we're like, do you have the emotional, like, capacity to deal with this right now? And we'll say yes or no. Like, oh, no, hit me up in a day and see how I'm feeling. Or we'll be like, girl, yes, tell me to see what it be. Mm -hmm. Um, But I agree. Um, I've dealt with a lot of these. I had like best friends that were not supportive of me and my success. They would just like talk down on like, if it was me, I would have done it this way. Well, I'm glad it's not fucking you. <laughs> um, the jealous thing I've had to deal with, um, respecting boundaries. I don't know if I've ever even had an issue with that. So yeah. I don't really know how to like go about that one. Um, now the thoughts and feelings I've always had an issue with because I'm a very blunt, dry, straightforward person. Mm -hmm. So people often would take my words for like face value and be like, oh, she's mad at me. And I'm like, no, we just need to have a conversation. And you'll realize that wasn't my intention. So I've always struggled with my friends being able to feel like they can come to me and be like, hey, you actually hurt my feelings when you said that. Or, hey, it's better, way better in adulthood. But like growing up. I was always the asshole, the mean one, the bitch. And they were like scared to be like, oh, you hurt my feelings. So they just wouldn't talk to me. And I'm like, until I went, what is wrong? Well, three weeks ago when you said that, and I'm like, three fucking weeks. Why wouldn't you say it? I said, stop me in the moment and go, hey, Kim, you actually shouldn't say it like that. Or, hey, Kim, that was, I took that the wrong way. Yeah. And in adulthood, it's way fucking better. But that's just mine. I feel like... I used to be a person that would like wait for a while to say something just because I just sometimes I need to process. Mm -hmm. But then I've learned that like if we're friends, let's just talk about it. Don't ignore me for weeks or go time without a long time without talking to me and not telling me what the issue is. Stop doing that weird shit. Stop doing that weird shit. Why you being weird to me? I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm fucking tired. That and that be having me weak. Open that your fucking and, mouth. That shit had me crying all my fucking night. <laughs> Damn it. Like I just like we were just talking about before. Like life is too short, and it's like I'm kind of in a space where like I know we talk a lot about how you know we take guys back or deal with their stuff, but like we should give our friends that same yeah. Energy, energy and I agree, agree. but I then agree. it's like at the same time, it's like I just put my friends to a higher standard, like especially mm-hmm. like my closest, closest friend. I just put them to a higher standard, like my friends are like my family, mm-hmm. and so it's just like I don't expect you to do me like that. Like these niggas are niggas, they just gonna be niggas yeah. forever, <laughs> but like your friends, like y'all supposed to. Just supposed to be solid. When you gotta have that boundaries talk, like sweetheart, you just crossed the boundary. Yeah, do that shit again. I don't, I don't know if we really gonna just, make it. I don't have the energy anymore. Like I really don't. When people if I, start being weird, I just. I'll say if I value somebody, I will say something. But if it's someone that I'm genuinely like, you don't bring me no value anyway. And if I don't talk to you, I'm not phased. I'll let it go. But if it's someone that brings value, I'm calling you out. I was yeah. telling Darielle that this morning. I'm like, I'm calling you out. You acting funny. What's what's up? Yeah. What's the problem? But if it's somebody that, like, I'm like, oh, you always got a fucking problem. Enjoy your life. Yeah. Because I'm going to be over here kicking it with my folk. You always got a problem. None of my business. Yeah. It's funny. Me and Ashley was talking about this um, earlier today. And I'm like, you know, 
I'm realizing, and I guess I thought because our friend group is so tight, like it's so solid that I thought everybody had that. No. And I'm realizing that like it's a luxury to have like your circle and your yes. circle be solid. I don't have a circle. I just have friends. Like yeah. I've never had like just a circle. Yeah. yeah. And it's like <clears throat> we like all of that is we're good there. You know what I mean? I think like over the last few years, like we've put certain language on certain things, but like we have it down pat. I'm like, I, I really thought that like people had that. And I'm finding people telling me recently, like, I love the relationship that you and your friends have or that you and Ashley have. Like, I don't have a best friend. I don't have this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, that's like, we was just saying today, like, I don't, there's a lot of things that I don't know how I would have done without my circle. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I really wish I had one. Like, I feel like I always, like, have a group of friends that, like, oh, maybe us couple can get together and hang out or, like, but I've never, I feel like because I grew, like, growing up, I moved around a lot. So, I never really had the opportunity to really, like, build friendships with people until, like, high school. Yeah. And that's kind of when I found out that people really ain't real. Mm-hmm. And so I, and then I also just having trust issues too growing up. It's just like I never really had a close group of friends, but like I do have best friends. And then, like I said, I have close friends. It's just yeah. not a circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I value stuff like that though. Cause like you said, it is nice mm-hmm. though to be able to pick your random friends and everybody sit down for a brunch or you yeah. pick, you know, it's a mm-hmm. nice change of, oh, I grew up with you. And we've been around each other for years. This is normal. But it's nice to see people that, like, you don't get to see all the time or newfound friendships that you value sometimes longer than older friendships. It's nice to have those pop-in people, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. to vent to, talk to, or whatever. Um, So there's definitely value in both. And I will say you do get burned out at times from having 15-year-long friendships because you're like, you already know all this. We talk about the same shit. (laughs) But, like, when it's some one of your you know, people you sit down and have happy hour brunch with you like, girl, let me catch you up on the shit. My tea, all this type of shit. <laughs> like it's fun to, you know, bounce that off of each other. But yeah. yeah, I even feel like now as an adult in making new friends and like uh, an extension to the circle that I already have, it's a little bit tricky mm-hmm. getting to know people as an adult. But then at the same time, I still feel like my newer friends like a Jalen or a Maria, or, you know, like, it's still solid. Like right. Ashley has a friend, shout out to Kyra, that like I told her one day, I was like, y'all are like actively dating, like as friends, like getting to mm-hmm. know each other. Like that she comes over once a week, they cook, they do all Aww. of this stuff. And it's so dope Aww, to see it. Like, cute. <laughs> that's like cute. how do you like get four? one of those? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I, I don't I know. I guess I'm <laughs> that's cute. I guess I'm we're blessed in that way. We're like, mm-hmm. we can ex- it just extends and Ashley's super inviting so she'll be like yeah she tell me come over That's like I was, yeah. I was like I need to hang out <laughs> I will say though the friends that I do have since y'all all have circles I like that y'all circles are welcoming like yeah. y'all circles will have me around like mm-hmm. I know I can hang out with you and Ashley or my friend Shatia she's like my little sister I hang out with her and her friends and like you know what I'm saying yeah. like I can come kick it with y'all if I wanted yeah. to like, you know I'm anti so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you gotta force me to get out for Sienna. <laughs> so yes, definitely pay attention to the friendship relationship green flags. Uh, okay, so the next topic that we have on the list is um, six signs that you need a break. And the first sign it says you find it hard to concentrate and focus. Number two, you lack motivation. Three, 
you're getting negative more often. Four, you have no energy lately. Five, you're feeling emotionally overwhelmed. Six, you're getting physically sick more often. I need a break. (laughs) All right. Uh, I definitely, one, two, and four hits me more often than the other ones. Mm. Um, Especially now, I think we talked about this on the last episode, like just being home and I don't have to really go anywhere. It's hard to focus. Uh, I'm a little less motivated. Like I'm really hoping that I can go back to the office, like maybe just one or two days out the week. Right. Um, But yeah, I can usually check. Like I know when I need to just take a break and what I'll do is like I told my friends, like I'll give y'all two weekends out the month where I'm available for things. But then other than that, those other two weekends are mine. Mm -hmm. So like yesterday I was just like, I just want to sit in the house. Like I, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I need to I need to recharge my batteries. Regroup. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's important to like pay attention to those things. So then that way you know when you just need to maybe take a day trip or just mm-hmm. maybe stay in the bed and watch TV or mm-hmm. stay home and cook or go for a walk or a run or something that's just for you. Right. Yeah. Um mine are when I know I need a break, and this is something I realized probably when I was early twenties. I knew I was running too much and doing too much when I would literally get physically sick and I would be in bed and like have no energy and stuff. I remember living with Maya and I remember I was walking out in the kitchen and I went to go get a banana and I almost passed (coughs) out. And like I had eaten that day and everything and like it's not like I hadn't eaten. I wasn't sick or anything, but it was literally because and I've always been a busy person and people like make fun of me for it because I'm always working or school. Um And I remember her like looking at me and yelling at me like, bro, you need to calm down. You need to relax. You need to find a break, find a day to just do your thing. Um, So mine was like me not having energy, um, feeling emotionally overwhelmed and then getting physically sick are my signs of like fucking relax because your body's giving out. Oh, my turn. She said, oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have much to add because mine are all of them. So that's it. Oh. Yeah, no, I get At them least, all. Yeah, but that's good that you can But I'm always burnt out. Know. I just, I'm more burnt out than I am. Like, I have a couple days when I have energy. Yeah. I don't like, I don't know. Being super busy stresses me out. Yeah. But then also not being busy at all stresses me out because then I feel like, oh, you're a lazy bitch. I realize that like balance is an illusion. It's not yeah. a real thing. Like people strive for balance in their work life or like their home life or their social life, and you just gotta plug and play. Yeah, where you can. It's, and then where you balance finish. is not a real thing. It's yeah. not a real thing. Side note: I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about um, people have lost their imagination, their ability to dream for things. Like you can imagine that you, for example, like you can imagine that you want balancing your life or you mm-hmm. devote enough time to yourself and to your kids and to your partner but we don't know how to implement that in reality i want to talk about that it doesn't have okay. to be today but yeah i'm gonna put together a show because okay. it was really good okay <laughs> i'm here for that okay so the next topic reasons depression becomes comfortable 
And the first reason says, you've suffered so much that it's all you know and happiness becomes scary and unfamiliar. Mm. Number two, you don't want to get your hopes up because whenever you have in the past, you've been let down. Three, you're too tired to take action and create change and your worldview of or self-perception holds you back from this. You've developed a dark sense of humor, unhealthy habits to numb yourself and to you numb yourself to your suffering. And while it's allowed you to survive, it's also made you less motivated to change. Comfort and safety is necessary to survive. And if you, excuse me, and even if this can hold you back from growing, it has helped you still be here today. These are deep. Right. Um, okay, so that was it. Um, the first one stands out to me. Um, I talk a lot about how we normalize a lot of things that shouldn't be normalized. And I think in this situation, it's just like people are just so used to negativity and Mm -hmm. bad energy and bad thoughts and suffering. Like they think that that's normalized what it's supposed to be like Mm -hmm. suffering is just a part of the journey right and i don't necessarily think that it has to be i agree um me thinking about mine and why mine lasted so long with my grandma i think one that sticks out for me is i just got too tired to try to get up and be motivated and like i mean i wasn't showering like I should I wasn't feeding myself like I would literally just come home from work eat like pepperonis and then just like lay in the dark and it was just because I just didn't I was literally just too tired to get up and break that habit and go make myself dinner yeah like I just it was like work would be such a big task for me to go on and put on face that by the time I got home I was like I can't do it I just want to lay around and I guess, get up the next day and do it again. Because I knew I couldn't stop working because then I would be evicted. Right. But I knew when I got home, it was like finally I could take off that mask and take all that off and be like, thank God, like now I can just unwind and lay here. But I got too comfortable doing that for too long. Um, I pretty much go through the same stuff. Like I don't want to be around people. I don't want to talk. I don't want to hear noise. I don't mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to do anything like don't want to eat don't want to get dressed don't want to do yeah. any fucking thing like yep barely want to even watch tv i just lay there yeah be sad that's what mine was like i didn't turn on the tv for shit i literally mm-hmm. just laid there and like watched like the shadows of the cars like because i had like a a big um living room window at the time and the light would always shine in real pretty because it was a street light and i remember just looking at like the wooden door and just like like a freaking weirdo, like looking at the contrast <laughs> of the colors, like, oh, it's a little bit browner on that spot of the door. Like, get the fuck up, bro. Get up. But you just get caught. That's literally what it is. You just get yeah. comfortable. I like when I have my episodes, I make myself get out the house now. Yeah, me too. But that's because we've been, we have experienced that period of being down so bad that we know how to not get there again. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that with my episodes and stuff now, like you said, you almost know, which is great, how to be on top of them. Like, Oh, like I'm down for no reason. Like there's no reason to be mad. Yeah. There's no reason to be upset. Nothing is going wrong. You're just down. That's when you have to force yourself to like 
get up, shower, get up, eat, get up and do a brunch with your friends, get up and go get drinks with your friends, whatever, get out of the house. And that's one of the healthy tips my therapist gave me, like doing self-care things two to three times a week, getting up and being active and getting out of the house. Don't just, you know, do something new every day. So it's nice to kind of be ahead of them. Um, because when you have like a major depressive disorder, they're going to happen, but being able to control them and get ahead of them is key, which is hard, but you know, yeah, Yeah. I'm no professional and I'm not saying that this is healthy, but I feel like lately now what I do is I just kind of sit with it Mm -hmm. and like, okay. And just kind of recognize it. Let it run its course. Like I, I don't ever get to the point where I'm like extremely depressed, but I have bouts of depression sometimes. And I feel like before I would just kind of like ignore it and try to push past it, Mm -hmm. but not really like sit with it. You know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like it's necessary to sit with it. Yeah. Yeah. Sit with the process of things. So that's what I've been doing lately. But like I said, don't take my advice because I don't know. I ain't trying to fuck up y'all's life. (laughs) But I will say my therapist did say though, it's important to feel it just don't let don't dwell on it and like, let it take let it over. You, but yeah. yes, you have to feel it because my dumb ass like tried to be strong and not feel anything for like a year, and then like a year later, I just like cried for a week because I was like, oh, yeah. you worked and went to school and didn't care about it. Yeah, nice try. Here it is. So definitely feel it, but don't dwell in it. Okay, so the next post that we wanted to discuss is relating to if you have or had a toxic parent, you should read this. Says number one, stop expecting them to change. You can change yourself without changing your parents. Number two, your happiness and well being no longer depends on your parents. Number three, stop blaming yourself for the painful experiences in your childhood. If your parents made you feel unloved, unsafe, or hopeless, it is completely their responsibility. Number four, you don't have to forgive your parents in order to start healing and feeling good about who you are. Number five, if you can overcome your childhood traumas and have healthy relationships, even if your parents and family stay the same. Mm. What's your guys' thoughts? Um, I want to speak to number three because I kind of disagree in a sense. Um, I don't think you should blame yourself at all for the painful experiences in your childhood. Um. And I guess to an extent, yes, it's your parents' responsibility. But when you become an adult, it is now your responsibility and your job to take care of your mental health and to take care of the things that damaged you, quote unquote, damaged you as a child. Um, And that's something I've been realizing going through therapy. I can't put all the blame on my mom and be like, fuck you, you fucked me up and just live that way. As an adult, I have to take the responsibility and be like, this is what had me fucked up as a kid. This is what was done wrong. And then I gave my parents grace. They're literally, they literally did the best job they knew how. Like parenting doesn't have a guidebook of here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Here's when to do it. Here's how to do it. Um, now, there are things intentionally that both of my parents probably did where they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But parents are doing the best job they know how. And I'm sure parents can relate to this and, and Darielle can speak on it. But Literally, I know when I have a kid, I'm going to fuck him up somewhere. Not on purpose, but it's I'm going to be doing the best job I know how as a parent and trying to be mentally healthy and mentally aware, you know, the best I can be. And however I, 
you know, mess them up, I hope it's not detrimental to where they become like a bad person to society. But Mm -hmm. you're just, you're genuinely doing the best you can. So it shouldn't be blame on you or your parents. This happened. Now it's your job as an adult to do better. Now, when you're a parent that's raising kids, you know, you try to do better than your parents and what you're more aware of, you try not to do, but you can't be like, well, fuck you, mom. You (laughs) You made me a bitch. Well, yeah, maybe, but it's not your job now to walk around as a bitch. Like, get it together. But um, I will say that I there is no book. Right. <laughs> Even, like, I will say, this is why I stress to my kidless friends to wait to have kids. Because mm-hmm. when you have them so young, yes, you can still be a good parent, but... More times than none, you're still learning how to, like, heal from your past yep. and not continue the things that you, you know, you were taught growing up. Right. So, for me, like, I still had a lot of things that my mom did to me that I didn't necessarily like, but I did it to my kids. Right. Not intentionally, but just because that's just what I was used to. Right. And so, like... Now that I'm older and I know better, now I'm trying to fix those things, but it's a struggle. Like, it's yeah. hard. And one thing I will say, like, my kids still love me and think I'm the best mom, even I though I have all of these flaws. And, you know, I just... <clears throat> I just try my best every day to change my ways and even if I can't if I I would still have those moments where like I may yell or I may handle something the wrong way but now I go back and I apologize right I say sorry we talk about it you know those types of things so yeah Mm, the one that kind of stood out to me is number four about you not having to forgive your parents in order to start healing Mm -hmm. um I don't for me I don't necessarily agree with the idea of not forgiving them just because I feel like forgive although cliche forgiveness is never for the other person. It's for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And Dario and I talked about this early in take control. There was an episode on red table talk when Jada was talking about how she realized that like her father didn't owe her nothing. Like she just happened to be, an experience on his life journey. You know mm. what I mean? And for some reason that just wow. resonated so much with me. Like mm. not saying we shouldn't hold our parents to a certain standard or whatever the case may be, but you have to realize that they're human. Right. Just like we're human going through life and whether you are planned or unplanned or whatever the case may be, you're a small piece of a bigger picture for them. Right. You know what I mean? So you make the best of what you can. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. It's just weird when she said wow. it's something for, something about that clicked for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a conversation with my dad. I had got sick. And that's when me and him really had a sit down conversation about just like what his life was like and what he went through and what was the situation when he was with my mom and while they were together and after they broke up and, you know. Yeah. And like you said, they're only doing what they know how to do or the best that they absolutely can. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I feel like you you have to forgive. Right. For me, I'm not telling anybody else that they have to forgive. But for me, I had to forgive my dad. Mm-hmm. And we have a great relationship, the best that it can be in the space that we are now. Like, mm-hmm. 
I talk to him more. He comes by more. And I've accepted the fact that like a lot of the times it's probably going to be me giving him more advice than he's giving me, you know? And that's just the relationship that we have. But when when I do need him or I need to ask him a question and he's able to give me what he can give me, it's appreciated so much. You know what I mean? So I think you have to forgive because I feel like, and and just in general, because when you're holding on to that anger and that hostility, they don't care. You know what I mean? Like they ain't care. You know what I mean? Like, my dad didn't care for the 30 years that I was upset about right. whatever. You know what I mean? Like, he's still living his life, right. you know? So, it's like, you're mad and you're preventing yourself from elevating in whatever way you need to to be the best possible person that you can be for yourself or for your children if you have children. You know right. what I mean? So, I feel like you just, you have to forgive people. You have to forgive your parents. Mm-hmm. That's just... I just... <sighs> That's great that you guys could have that conversation. That's amazing, actually. But I just, for me, I can't do, I can't have that conversation with my dad. Not that I don't want to, not that I haven't tried. But he, on his part, it's just not going to happen. And I remember when Ashley came on our show and she was telling me, like, he don't owe you nothing. And I was looking at her like, girl, you're crazy. (laughs) Like, what? He had me? I didn't ask to be. (laughs) But, like, I really, like... I really don't know how to forgive him. And I can't say that I really have. I guess I've let go of shit. Like, I've literally told him, like, you know what? You did this and this to me. I'm letting it go at this point because I cannot keep living my life upset about Mm. it. But I I know that I haven't completely healed. And I know that I... I can't say that I've forgiven him. Yeah. Yeah. I have not said those words to myself or out loud. Like, I forgive him. Because I don't know. How do you do that? Well, I, I'm struggling with it because I'd be saying out loud, and and Dion's actually made me aware of it. Like you actually haven't forgiven your mom because of this, this, and this. And I'm like, yes, I have. I totally have. And so now I'm <laughs> struggling. Where I'm like, even when I've said it out loud and told myself, I forgive it. It's like when an incident happens or a triggering moment where I'm like, ooh, I did that because that's how I reacted as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm like. I don't know if that means I didn't forgive her or if I'm not over it. Cause I've been telling myself both like, girl, you forgive her. You good. You healed you over it. But I will say this. My therapist always says like healing is not like an end all be all. It's a journey and it just keeps going. So for me, it's like, I keep trying to tell myself like, girl, you're over it. You're healed. But then when something happens, it's very true. Yeah. Because I'm like, why the fuck did you react like that? If you're over it, because you reacted that way when your mom did it. Yeah. So I'm like, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't remember if it was Ashante. I don't remember who it was. And we was having this conversation about forgiveness and what that looks like. And whoever it was, I'm just going to credit Ashante because I think that's who it was. <laughs> she was basically saying, like, even if you have to get up every day and physically say those words, like, I forgive you, then do that. Like, when those things come up that you recognize from your childhood, Mom, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to a lot of podcasts about inner, ch- like your inner child. You know what I mean? And how you have to go back. At first, it was weird to me because it's just like, okay, it seems like we're talking about like um, time, like warps and times yeah. and things like that. And it was throwing me off. But it was like who I was when I was 20 years old is not the person I am at 32. Mm-hmm. So when I see Brandy coming out at 20 years old, the 32-year-old Brandy is going to have to check that. Like, right. hey, girl, like, what do you need in this moment? Or even, like, the five-year-old Brandy. Like, what was the things that you needed when you were five years old that mm-hmm. your parent didn't give you? And when you start to see that five-year-old Kim come out, 
parent five-year-old kim like mm-hmm. hey girl are you okay right. you know what i mean like do you need a hug like right. you know what i mean not not that simple but you know what i mean like yeah. you have to it's great that you can recognize it in those moments you know what i mean so i think for you it's like when those moments come it's like okay hey mom i forgive you now let me be the parent that i needed mm-hmm. when i was five years old right that i didn't get and for you if it looks like every day that i forgive you then that's right. what it is. Because sometimes you have to say things out loud mm-hmm. for it to become real. Right. You know what I mean? So. Doesn't sound fun. I'm trying. It's, <laughs> not at all. It's ghetto out. Does not sound fun. Would not recommend. <laughs> right. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, my gosh. Uh, therapist update. My new therapist is amazing. That's great. She's not here. She's in Cincinnati. But she's the bomb. Yeah, because you can do the telehealth, right? I love her. Yeah, the good. I'm glad. We're making good progress. I told you that's it was your awesome. therapist. That's what I'm saying. It's not therapy. Yeah. It's your therapist. You got to, that's what I say. I lucked out. You got to find somebody that like, oh, you get me, I get you. Yeah. Bit. Because yeah. sometimes me my, me and my therapist be kicking it like friends. Like, he be telling <laughs> yeah. me her business. I be telling her my business. I'm like, how's your son? He good? Bet. Because yeah. <laughs> last week you told me some foul shit. I'm glad he better. So yeah, finding, that's dope. I'm glad. I'm happy for you. Thanks. Kim, you had mentioned um, something where you were saying like, Sometimes you question like, okay, am I really over this or am I not over it? Which takes us into like the main topic of today, which is about grieving. Um, I was telling the ladies that I had just been noticing a lot on social media, a lot on my own personal timeline, just in the atmosphere, people losing people left and right, people passing away, people Mm -hmm. grieving um, in all of the different forms that grief can come. And I thought it would just be nice if we just kind of had a conversation about it um, to maybe, you know, help some of our listeners if they're experiencing any kind of grief or loss. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first part of the conversation is what is grief? And I wrote down, and I got this, I can't credit myself, but I got this from Transformation Church today, um, their most recent message. um, And it is the deep sorrow caused by any kind of loss. Um, So I wanted to start off just by having an open discussion just surrounding like grieving the loss of a loved one or just like grieving life experience of like not being where you thought you would be at this age um, or just... Just thinking your life would have been different. So I kind of wanted to start it off there and then we'll kind of transition into some other parts, like the five stages of grief and things like that. Mm-hmm. So when I was thinking about this, um, the first person that came to mind when I was thinking about this was my grandfather. Uh, he passed away when I was in high school. I think I was going into my junior year. And... um. To your point of like, am I over this or am I not over this? Like, I got tears in my eyes just thinking about it. But no, it's not like I'm (sighs) sad and emotional cry. It's just that I, what I'm getting at, as I'm saying this on the mic right now, guys, I do have tears in my eyes, but I'm fine. Um, I don't think you ever stop grieving. Right. Um, I don't think you're ever really over the loss of a loved one. It's not always sadness. For me, like grief doesn't always look like sadness. Sometimes it looks like happiness. You know what I mean? Like I can recall like getting up Saturday mornings because my grandfather lived with us and I would go lay in a bed with him and we would talk about politics. Like (laughs) that's funny. He was just he just was like, you could be the next Condoleezza Rice and (laughs) this, that and the third. And I want you to have your own opinion and I want you to, you know, do this and do that. And 
Um, or like me brushing his hair. He had a long, long hair, so he had a ponytail. Or like me getting up and brushing his hair Saturday mornings and like he liked to eat bologna sandwiches. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> stuff like that. So he was the first person that I thought of. And I was just like, wow, like it's been well over it's been like maybe 17 years now, mm-hmm. but you know, it, like some days it feels like it just happened. Other mm-hmm. days it's like, wow, I can't really remember his voice anymore. Or yeah. like, it's so clear in my head or yep. like my friends getting to know him. And like, those was also his grandchildren. Like just, it just things like that. Mm-hmm. So like for me, it's an ongoing process. Like there's sometimes um, where I can still smell his scent randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think grief looks like, your loved one, I, I believe that spirits transition in some way, shape, or form and that they never really leave us, if that makes sense. So, like, I feel like those times where, like, I can randomly smell him. That's his way of letting me know, like, I'm still with you. I'm right. still present. Um, I don't know if I ever told this story on a podcast before, but before he passed away, he would stay up late at night watching the news. And I remember he would be downstairs banging on something. Now, you would always hear it in the middle of the night, like three, four o'clock in the morning, he'd be banging on something. Never knew what it was, never went down there to check. So after he passed away for about a month straight, kid you not, every night around three, four in the morning, I would hear that same banging mm. noise. But it wasn't like a eerie feeling or a scary feeling. It was just like him letting me know, like, I'm still here right. like, in some kind of way. Like, you're not by yourself, things like that. Or, like, I'll have dreams or stuff like that where, like, he'll come visit me in my dreams sometimes. So, for me, it's just kind of like a twist and turn journey. Yeah. Um, but that's why I say it's not all bad. It's not mm-hmm. me just, like, boo and like, oh, my God. But, yeah. you know, happy tears, sometimes sad tears, mm-hmm. you know, that. So, don't cry. <laughs> oh. I don't like seeing people cry because I'm not crying. <laughs> oh, no. um, I forget who said it, but I think we talked about this on the podcast that grieving you, you always grieve, especially when you're talking about someone that has passed. Mm-hmm. You always grieve and it's you end up learning how to live with it and having acceptance that that person is gone. Mm-hmm. But you never stop grieving. So I agree with that. And I forget where that came from, but we had talked about that before. But when you were talking about it, I think about my uh, friend Man Man, who was like a cousin to me. And he passed in 2018 and his birthday's coming up. And every time his birthday or anniversary of passing comes up, like you say, it's like you feel it all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's images that I'll never forget of him, like laying in his casket and like the fun moments we shared together. Like he thought I was like the most amazing person on this planet. And I'm like, I don't know how or why, but he always saw me in a great light. Um, and then something else we talked about, um, like grieving the loss of somebody that's still alive, mm-hmm. like that's breakups, friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember mentioning that like a few months ago on the podcast, like you can grieve people that are still alive and it literally feels like I remember tweeting this, like sometimes grieving the loss of people feel that are alive feels like grieving people that are di- that have died mm-hmm. um, because you again, you go through those five stages we'll talk about. And that's the thing is people always think grief is related to death because when somebody dies, they go, oh, I know you're grieving. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when you lose a friend or a spouse, nobody goes, I know you're grieving. I'm here for you. They're like, yeah. well, they're not good for you anyway or, right. you know, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. But you still had a connection with that person. You still had memories with that person like they were now dead. But And it's almost like 
that person of you, that person you knew or that relationship you had is dead. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's not a physical death, but it's a death. It does. Yeah. So, and kind of what Darielle was saying earlier, like, it'd be nice to give people second chances and to, you know, allow room for that. But it depends on if you have the room mentally, emotionally, physically, and if they should be in your life, you know? So you Mm -hmm. have to just go through that as an additional stage. Like, do they need to be here? Do they not need to be here? Do I need to grieve and, you know, move on that way or whatever? But I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to talk about this, guys. Okay. (laughs) I just, I don't know what to say just because it's such a deep topic. And I feel like I've experienced both. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I've ever really grieved someone that passed away because I don't think I really knew how mm. or like the closest people that I could say really affected me cuz I'm fortunate enough to still have my grandparents are on both sides and things mm. like that like really healthy family but like I lost a aunt that I was really close with when I was younger but I was so young I don't really remember a lot of things but recently, I was, like, helping somebody clean out their apartment, and they had this pack of gum. And I can't think of what it's called. It starts with the F. It's some weird... Freedent. That's what it's called, okay. Freedent. And I'm like, oh, my God, can I have this? Like, my aunt used to chew this gum all the time. I remember I would fly to California to see her. Yes, I was a kid. My mom would fly me there, and I would fly back by myself. So irresponsible. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> she would chew this gum all the time. And she would fall asleep with it. And so I remember she would wake up and she would have it in her bed. So she would put an ice cube to get the gum out of her bed. Like, oh little God, stuff, I remember little funny. stuff like that. And my great grandma passed away a few years ago. I feel like I didn't have the opportunity to grieve her death because uh, just some of the people that I was around wouldn't allow me to, if that mm. makes sense. And I did. I put that on the outline too, like being around people that don't allow you to grieve because maybe they don't know how to mm-hmm. grieve or deal with their emotions. So when you're going through stuff, it's like you'll be fine, or they don't even ask how you're doing because right. they're so wrapped up. Exactly. In there. Now that I don't, I don't know how to handle that either because it then it makes me really not want to be sad. And when I want to be sad, but I, I feel like I can't be. If that makes sense, right? Like. Um, losing a friend of mine recently, I just, I did grieve on my own, like in the process, crying a little bit, but then it's like outside of that moment that I had, now I feel like I have to be tough all the time. I can't be sad. I can't talk about it. I can't like, so it's like, how do you move on? Well, not necessarily move on because like I said, it's a process. How do you grow? How do you learn how to heal if you don't know how to allow yourself to even grow? Right. Never even feel it. Yeah. I guess you almost answered it in your own way of like, you have to feel it in order to get there. But like you said, if you're the type of person that blocks that, that could even be something childhood related. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There might've been something like, it could have been your aunt might've been something that you were like, Oh, I don't ever want to feel that again. Even unconsciously. I was talking to my therapist about that today. There's things that happened to us in our childhood that we may not even remember but unconsciously your brain remembers that feeling Mm -hmm. and you naturally do it. So it could be like the way you grieved her is a way that you just never wanted to feel again. So now when it comes to losing somebody physically, you're like, Oh, I don't ever want to feel that again. So you have your quick moment, but it's not a full blown, you know, Mm -hmm. 
the same way it would have been if it was your aunt. Um, and when you were talking about that, my dad's father died when I was 12 and I only had like a few memories of him flying back and forth from North Carolina. But when he passed, I remember feeling bad that I didn't cry and I didn't know how to feel. Yeah. Um, and then my cat had passed like a few months later and I cried over that and I felt bad about that for a long time. But then I realized the relationship difference and that that's fine. Mm -hmm. You don't have, when somebody passes, it doesn't always mean like Brandy said, it doesn't always mean you cry over it. You end up in a depression. You're sad. It's jacked up. Like Dion actually has a really good view about this. And at first I was offended. Um, cause I was talking about my, um, I forget who I was talking about. But somebody had passed. Maybe it wasn't even somebody I knew. I think it was like a friend. One of my friend's friends had passed. Mm -hmm. And he has such a lighthearted view. Like, well, everybody's going to pass. Like, it's just something that happens. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Don't don't beat yourself up about it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, that's somebody's favorite fucking person. What do you yeah. mean you can't be sad? And he's like, no, I get it. But that doesn't always mean you have to be, you know, sad or upset about it. But I don't know. I think you should ask your therapist, too. Like, do you think... I can't grieve period or a, in a healthy way or an accepting way because like, how is that related? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where, give me options of where that may have stemmed from. Yeah. I'll definitely bring that up. Cause I feel like even like when we're talking about grieving somebody that is still here, I probably have cried more over that mm -hmm. than somebody that actually passed away. Passed away. But I also learned too, that even when I try to get over people, it's really hard for me not to, let them back in or mm -hmm. try to get some type of like friendship or relate or whatever it is relationship back because I don't want to feel that pain. Yeah. Know? And I think it's easier because they're physically here. So That's you, what I was going to say death is so final yeah. and imminent that like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know that there's no, they're you not can't coming talk back. To them again. Whereas yeah. somebody who's still alive, it's mm -hmm. like, there's that hope or that second chance that could be available to you. So that right. makes sense. Yeah. Scatter out y'all. Man. So, <laughs> so deep. To go right. into um, the five stages of grief, grief. Excuse me. The first one is denial. The second one is anger. The third one is bargaining. The fourth one is depression, and the fifth one is acceptance. So, um, the psychiatry background of this um, came from a Swiss American psychiatrist named Elizabeth. Kubler Ross in 1969 and she wrote a book um, called On Death and Dying um, which discusses these different stages of grief so I'm going to jump into the first one and the first one again is denial it says grief is an overwhelming emotion it is not unusual to respond to the intense and often sudden feelings by pretending the loss or change isn't happening denying it gives you time to more gradually absorb the news and begin to process it. This is a common defense mechanism and helps numb you to the intensity of the situation. As you move out of the denial stage, however, the emotions you've been hiding will begin to rise. You'll be confronted with a lot of sorrow you've denied. This is also a part of the journey of grief, but it can also, but it can be difficult. So examples of the denial stage look like in a breakup or divorce it says they're just upset it will be over tomorrow job loss they were mistaken they'll call tomorrow to say they need me death of a loved one she's not gone she'll come around the corner any second terminal illness diagnosis this isn't happening to me the results are wrong 
The second one is anger. Um, I'm not going to read all into the paragraph here, but I'll give the examples. It says, examples of anger stage, breakup or divorce. I hate him. He'll regret leaving me. Job loss. They're terrible bosses. I hope they fail. Death of a loved one. If she cared for herself more, this wouldn't have happened. Terminal illness or diagnosis. Where's God in this? How dare God let how dare God let this happen? I see that a lot. When people will be questioning, like, why would God do this? Mm-hmm. Or they blame God for something happening to somebody close to them. Yeah. But I just I was thinking this the other day. I'm just like, I don't I don't believe that the world that we live in, all the shit that been going on, I shouldn't cuss words, oh my God. The things that are going on, I don't think this is the world that God intended for us to live in. No, not at all. But I also, I do wonder, like, why does everybody have to die? But then it's like, who's going to live all Odin Ryan? Like, yeah. I don't know. I think um, it's funny because this anger one kind of stands out to me in a few different ways. Um, pertaining to God, I know like a lot of the times people say, well, you can't question God. Mm-hmm. And I was just having this conversation with my homegirls and I was like, I actually think that you can question God. Like, I think that the God that I serve mm-hmm. is big enough to handle my questions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas I might not understand it, but I, he, I, he understands and it is okay with me asking. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I do think that in situations like terminal illness, like you, after you watch a person suffer for so long, you know what I mean? Like, I do believe that there's a certain level of peace that comes. Like when you see people who have cancer and different things like that, or just you see their body break down to the point where it's like, I don't even want you here. Mm-hmm. to have to suffer through that so whatever's on the other side i'm okay with that you know right, what i mean yeah and then the relationship piece of it it made me think about relationships because you know usually when you go through a breakup that nigga ain't gonna find nobody like me you <laughs> 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 like all of that because you be pissed off but it's like that's that's the stage like yeah. that's the anger stage for sure like when they was talking about the bosses like i hope they fail and all of that like it's funny how real this is yeah. but yeah, I it's it's deep like Dario said. Um I don't think like you said I don't think this is the world that God intended us to live in, but humans mess everything up. So that's crazy like reading all these and reading into them and Brandy will go over the last ones, but reading all these it's funny because it's like looking at these like with breakups and friendships, I'm like, "Oh, well fuck. I said all this and had all these." Yeah. Like and you don't realize that that's what you're doing um, because you just think like that's the normal stage, but you really just, that's what that is. It's all grief and nobody looks at grief other than death. Other than, right. It's weird. So the next stage is the bargaining stage and the example breakup or divorce. It says, if only I spent more time with her, she would have stayed job loss. If only I worked more weekends, they would have seen how valuable I am Death of a loved one. If only I had called her that night, she wouldn't be gone. Terminal illness diagnosis. If only we had gone to the doctor sooner, we could have stopped this. This is actually like crazy. Um, The bargaining stage, because I hadn't even realized that that's what it was. Hmm. When my grandfather passed away, um, 
he passed away in our house. And so that night when it happened, we had came home and he was sitting in the dark with a blanket over his back. And I remember it was just kind of weird. So we were getting ready to go to bed. My best friend at the time was at the house and, you know, my mom had work in the morning and all of that. So I went downstairs to check on him and his nose was bleeding. And I'm like, Grandpa, are you okay? He hadn't even realized that his nose was bleeding. And he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I'm okay. I was like, well, let me get you a rag, you know, whatever, whatever. Help them clean itself off. And I was like, you sure you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm okay. So, all right, I'm going to bed. Good night. Love you. So, I went upstairs. I went to bed. I woke up two times that night to use the restroom. And I never went downstairs to check on him. Mm-hmm. So, when I heard my mom screaming the next morning because he's dead, I felt for years like if I would have just went downstairs and checked on him, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I could have stopped it. I could have got to him before something happened. Uh, but then once you get out of that stage, you realize like- Can't blame yourself. One, I probably didn't need to see that. Yeah. And then two, it, I probably couldn't have changed it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, And then the terminal illness, this one, I'm a little, I get it being the bargaining stage, but I do also feel like regular health exams and different things like that aren't necessary. <laughs> so- you know, because, I mean, it's scientifically proven that a lot of things can be treated or cured if you catch it in time. So, I don't know. But this one was a really good one. Uh, moving on to stage four, which is depression. These examples in a breakup or a divorce, it says, why go on at all? Job loss. I don't know how to go forward from here. Death of a loved one. What am I without her? Terminal illness diagnosis. My whole life comes to this terrible end. Oof. Um, I don't know. Anybody got anything to say about the depression stage? Um, yes, because I feel like I have gone through these. But for me, it's weird. This stage, it hits me a little bit. And then like a year later, I'll realize like, what it was mm-hmm. like in the moment I'm not realizing like when I'm saying that I'm realizing that I'm down and I'm upset about it but it takes me a while to be like oh that was a depression I thought you were just in your feelings um I would say it was it would be breakup or like with a friend or relationship and then death death of a loved one where I'm like well what am I supposed to do without that person they're dead you know what I mean what now we can't have our tea time or whatever. Um, but I remember realizing like, or thinking about this once I found out that I had like a major depressive disorder, like, oh, you were depressed. Mm. I didn't know that at the time. I thought it was literally just like me being in my feelings because everybody's scared of the word depression. Yeah. So. I think I... Uh... I can relate to this more in like a relationship situation versus a death. Like the only thing that really comes to mind when I think about this pertaining to death is like, I always think like my mom, like I just don't even know what I would do. Y'all would literally have to probably commit me um, if something was to happen to my mom. But Man. outside of that, like relationships, definitely like I've went through that depression stage where you just 
can't see anything beyond past what you and this person had or whatever the case may be, which takes me into like the grieving of what you thought your life would look like. I think a lot of the times that pertains to like relationships because you spend so much time with the person that you see your life, you know, playing out with Mm -hmm. this person. And then when it doesn't go that way, you grieve what could have been, you know. Uh, Or even like in friendships or just life in general, like if you have goals that, you know, somehow you didn't reach those goals or whatever the case may be, you grieve that. Like, you know, I had all of these dreams and all of these aspirations, but yet I'm here and I just don't know what to do with myself at this point and different things like that. So, like, I think that depression stage can be really tricky and Mm -hmm. which takes you into the, the acceptance phase once you get past that. And um, the examples here for a breakup or divorce, it says, ultimately, this was a healthy choice for me. Job loss. I'll be able to find a way forward from here and I can start a new path. Death of a loved one. I am so fortunate to have had so many wonderful years with him and he will always be in my memories. Terminal illness diagnosis. I have the opportunity to tie things up and make sure I get to do what I want in the final weeks and months. Um acceptance for me like in a life example and not necessarily like loss of anyone is just like I think that relationship one is a really great example because you really don't see what things are until you're out of it Mm -hmm. and looking back in retrospect you're like you know what I'm really glad that I'm here now like even though I went through that I'm glad it happened the way that it did so that I can be in this place now because Struggle does build you up. It does make you stronger. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm not a subscriber to, like, the struggle life. <laughs> Put you yourself through it. Like, no. Keep going through it. But, like, it builds you up and puts you in position for your next situation and how to handle it better, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. like, that acceptance stage, I think, is really beautiful because, like I said, when you look back on it, you understand why things had to happen the way that they do and even like with the death thing like although you're no longer here I have so many wonderful memories to cherish of this Mm -hmm. person you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. like I get the opportunity to if I have kids to show my kids who their great-grandfather was or whatever the case you know what I mean like different things like that or like see characteristics like my cousin's son looks dead on my grandfather like it's crazy you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. like little things like that I think play a major part in the acceptance stage. And I also think that these stages are not linear. I think that they can come come yeah, come and in go different, different ways. Yeah. yeah. Like the um acceptance might not be the last stage. It might be the first stage and then you hit depression right. and then you go to bargaining. So yeah, I think it's just, you know, just things to be mindful of. Um you wanted to you had on there. I don't mm-hmm. know if you feel like you touched on it as much, but like people not allowing you space to grieve. Yeah, I feel like I said what I wanted to say. Um, I don't really want to go into more details on that, but I was gonna touch on like the acceptance thing, like as far as like a job loss, because I experienced that a few years ago and I know I talked about it, so I won't go into details, but like I realized that in the moment I was upset and I was angry and but then after once I accepted it I feel like I got even though I feel like I maybe took like a step back like maybe pay wise or whatever but at the end of the day more stuff came from it like I was able to get a promotion in six months have a job that's more flexible where like 
you know, when my kids started school, we had issues with who's going to pick them up these days and things like that. So like now I have that flexibility. I have the ability to move around and things like that. So I once I accepted it, I was able to look at the positives in the situation. And also with like breakups or just even ending friendships, once I get past once I accept things for what they are, I feel like I've always like saw the bigger picture and everything or like mm-hmm. just been able to be happy at the end of the day, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um it's something just gotta get there. Yeah, something <laughs> Brandy had said, like talking about um what did you say? It was something about like I forget what it was. Basically what I was gonna say is oftentimes you can be not over the idea of who somebody was when that's not who they are anymore. Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. grieving like who they were or who you yeah, thought who they, they were, were what they be. like you're in love yeah. with the idea yeah. of what was. Yeah. But that's not who they are anymore. Um so even coming to acceptance with that and just realizing that, oh, that was a different journey, different moment, different piece that now I have to come to acceptance that that's not going to come back around again. Yeah. Um, and that that was only a specific time y'all had. And what had fucked me up when I lost one of my friends, like not death, but just lost a friendship. I had been friends with her for like 12 years. And it, again, I didn't realize that I was even mad about it till like almost a year later or upset about it till a year later. Cause I was in that denial stage for so long of like, please, like she gonna know that I'm the friend that she gonna, you know, miss. And then I realized like, I was in love with the idea of the friend that she was at the time, like a good person at the time. But then it also made me sad that like, damn, I thought we were going to be like 50 years old Mm -hmm. talking about when we was 12. Mm -hmm. And now we sitting here looking at our grandkids running around. Um, but again, I had to come to that acceptance piece that that's not who she is. That's not who she will be. And it'll be take time for her even to get there. Yeah. Like, so I, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot like grief comes with a lot. Yeah. And I, and I also think in certain situations, maybe not necessarily death, but like on the other side of grief is joy. Mm. You know what I mean? And hearing you talk there, yo, like just thinking like, you never know, like you just don't know what's on the other side. Cause like, had you had that job? And then it's the pandemic and your kids being home from school, mm-hmm. you wouldn't even, I mean, you would have figured it out, but think about how much more stress that would have been right. versus the job that you have now that allowed the flexibility for you to be home with your kids during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just certain things where it's like, I feel like God or, you know, I'm I'm calling God, I'm, I'm saying God, like connects the dots in such a way where we just don't even realize how great he is and how big he is until you're like out of it and you're looking looking over it like a movie Mm -hmm. you know like dang that's crazy but yeah i definitely think that um grief in terms of like just like life and what things could have been or what you thought they should have been you just gotta like hold on because i i can't say that there's ever been a situation that i was in previously regardless of it's a friendship a job a man or whatever the case may be that things have not gotten better mm-hmm. you know what i mean since that situation is over and i'm now here where i am now so you got to be thankful for the experience and the journey because i just think like if you have the right perspective then it's like i appreciate that i'm agree with go through my stages right and then the joy is on the other side of that yeah so yeah i don't know guys but i thank <laughs> y'all for letting me you know 
have your little moment. Talk about this. Yes. <laughs> it's necessary. Yeah, um, I agree. What advice would y'all give to anybody who is like experiencing a loss right now, whether it be a relationship or a job or a family member or a friend or whatever the case may be? Um, I would say for me, like, anytime that I really not necessarily I don't want to say not question God because sometimes I do do question things but like anytime that I have really just picked myself back up and looked at the positives or trying to figure stuff out God has always made a way for me Mm -hmm. so just have faith that's really all I got to say um mine is cliche but the saying of like this too shall pass just remember that this is not something Mm -hmm. that will last forever you won't feel this way forever Um, You won't be sad and down forever and you will get to that acceptance phase. Um, And then just remembering to allow yourself to feel it. It's healthy to feel those emotions. Mm -hmm. It's necessary to feel those emotions because you will put yourself miles behind by not feeling that stuff and not allowing it to kind of run its course. But just remembering it's okay to feel those things. You're not wrong for feeling those things. Don't let people make you feel like you're wrong and seek acceptance um, when you can get there. But definitely feel it and just know that it's literally temporary and it will pass. Every Everything on this planet is temporary, including life. Mm-hmm. Literally everything. So just, you know. And remember, life is too short, so be happy. Okay. Yeah. Be freaking happy. Period. That part. Um. I would just say, like I said, the the God that I serve is far bigger than any question you could ever ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so ask your questions, pray about it, cry it out, scream it out, yell it out, whatever you need to do, do that. Um, like Dariel said, you got to have faith. You got to hold on in. Like Kim said, you know, maybe cliche to her, but this too shall pass. And I wholeheartedly um believe that that if you can hold on you always come out on the other side and you always come out on top so Mm -hmm. be thankful Mm -hmm. for the time spent with the people um who meant something to you Mm -hmm. not even just the form of like death but you know like we said grieving someone who's still living and breathing enjoy the time that you had take the lessons that you can from it apply it to your next life experience and just always try to find the joy and peace in things. Um, I really truly believe that God would not put us through things that we couldn't handle. Right. Yeah. I will say this too, because I had someone that I knew that lost a family member and they don't, they're one of those people that don't know how to process or feel their emotions or things like that. And they expressed to me that they felt like they didn't want to live anymore. And I had to tell them, like, you have to remember that you have so many reasons to live. You have people out here that care about you, people that love you. So you just really have to remind yourself, like, of the things that you will be leaving behind if you weren't here anymore. Like, you just have to find your your purpose and your reason for living every day. Well, I will say to that, that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. And I think the reason... I haven't been there or said that to myself. I've been to the point, everybody gets to the point where they're like, what would people think if I was gone? Or Mm -hmm. how would people handle if I was gone? Would people care? But I think what's made me kind of stay away from that is not only my faith, but realizing that literally everything is temporary. So feeling that feeling that you're feeling is not going to be forever. Like 
waking up every day and feeling like you don't want to be here will not last forever. Especially if you end your life, you just ended it anyway before the timing was meant to happen. And that's easier said than done when somebody's going through that because I have suicidal people in my family, Mm -hmm. like parents, sibling, everything. So it's easier said than done to tell somebody that, but just reminding that person that like, this is literally going to go away and you're not alone in this. And then handing out that, that prevention line phone number, you know, they have people on those lines to talk to you, um, you know, professionals to talk to you and just kind of walk you through that process and let you know that like, you'll be fine. Things are okay. Like. And don't feel like you're weak for doing this. I've right. called the fucking hotline before. Like, right. I know in my heart, like, I would never physically take a knife and, like, slit my throat or something. But I have had plenty of thoughts where I'm just like, I don't want to fucking be here. That's how bad right. I'm hurting. But when you you got to do what you got to do to get mm-hmm. yourself through it. So if you have to do that, reach out to it. Like, don't feel weak or, you know, don't get down about yourself. Like, you need to talk to somebody. Right. Don't feel alone. That's what I was going to say because I feel like, where we can say all of this mental health is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the words are not enough. Reminding somebody of how important they are and how much they would be missed and what would we do without you and what mm-hmm. would this world be without you can only help to a certain extent if someone has a mental health issue. So yeah. if that is the situation, there's no shame in seeking help. There's no shame in talking to someone. Like they said, call the hotline, find a therapist, um, do whatever you can to keep yourself here for as long as you possibly can in the most healthiest state that you possibly can be in right. mentally, mm-hmm. spiritually, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And don't be ashamed to check yourself in somewhere. Like I've had family members that have had to check themselves into like mental hospitals and stuff just to say, af- stay afloat. Um, don't be ashamed to do that. Don't be ashamed to talk about it. Don't be ashamed. Period. Everybody goes through these things. And if not, why would they have those resources? They have those resources because they had to be created because you're not the only person on the planet that is dealing with those thoughts, emotions, feelings. Um, so just giving yourself grace and being kind to yourself, but knowing that there's a different outlet that you can um, receive. Okay. Um, before we go, my final Things that I want to say, I just have to say rest in peace to my friend, Jamar. I love you so much. Um, It's been so sad, but I've also just been trying to think of all of the good memories that I have with him over the years and just still sending up thoughts and prayers to his family and everybody else affected by him passing. Yes. That's all. All right. Well, with that being said, we love y'all. Don't forget to email us. Email us with your questions and your thoughts and your opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't come over here with no crazy stuff (laughs) because, yeah, y'all know how we get. Um, There was something else I was going to say, too. Oh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and review um, our podcast. And... With that, we are out. Bye. Bye, Yana.